Welcome back to part three of Work is My Drug, a series about work addiction. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, talking from her own experience with work and being addicted to it, not getting any medical advice, but your colleague in medicine and coach in life, mother of dragons and head badass here in charge. It's so great to be here with you today. Before we jump into the solo cast, though, I got to pay some bills. So here's a word from our sponsor. At healthcare, there are some smart pieces of technology that businesses cannot live without. And Deputy has become one of those essential platforms for more than 250,000 workplaces. It helps medical practices schedule their staff more efficiently to meet peaks in patient demand. And it makes it easy to adjust schedules when the unexpected happens, like staff call out sick. You can use Deputy on any device on the go. Within a few minutes of picking it up, you'll see why hundreds of glowing reviews are coming from managers and staff alike. To find out more and to try Deputy for free, go to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash deputy, D-E-P-U-T-Y. Alrighty. Well, getting into part three, I want to review what we've already done. So in part one, we talked about the definition of work addiction, what I'm basing it off of. Part two, I talked a little bit about some literature when I did a PubMed and on many plane rides researching. Part three, I'm going to talk about not the actual work addiction, but how do you navigate it? What do you do? And what is it like to possibly re-enter into a work environment and not be a work addict with it or workaholic, whatever you want to name it. (laughs) Words are hard today, people. Okay. I'm a little bit tongue-tied. Okay. So what I really want to get into today is that if you want to change your work addiction, it really comes down to changing the way you relate to your work, yourself, and the others around you. So many times I have people come to me. They're obviously in burnout. They probably have some work addiction going on. They've got a whole bunch of shit happening in life, and they just think, I need to leave this job. But the one piece of advice that I always give them is no matter where you go, you take yourself. So if you're a work addict at your current position and you do nothing to remedy that, you're going to be a work addict in your next place of employment as well. So I think it's so, 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 so important when we're talking about not just the word recovery, but like living a flourishing life after being a workaholic, it really is about changing how you relate to your work, how you relate to yourself, how you relate to the other people around you, not just the type of work you do. Because so many people think if I would just get away from medicine, things would be different. But I got to tell you, there's no perfect jobs out there. There's no perfect companies. There's no perfect locations that you just have to find. There's no hidden jewels. Every place is going to have its problems, but it really comes down to you. And I know that sucks, putting the pressure on yourself. But I also want to let you off the hook a little bit to say that that's also what makes it super easy or easier than changing someone else is that if you really want to focus on this, you can change how you relate to things. And so One of the best strategies that I've found 
when you've identified, yes, raising my hand, I'm a workaholic, is to take a pause. And people all the time will ask me, well, how long do I need to take a pause for? And my advice is always, the longer, the better. Whatever that means for you. I know some coaches who mandate it to be like 90 days or six months or a year or 18 months. I'm not going to give you any quantifiers on time. But what I am going to tell you is whatever you think is long enough, I want you to add more time to it. Because seriously, with the pause, longer is better. One of my good friends, Katrina McGee, she's actually a sabbatical coach. And she works with professionals, really getting their mind around, okay, you want to take this pause, you want to take this break, how can we set it up to be the most beautiful, biggest life possible in that? Not sitting around eating cat food and just worrying about how you're going to pay your light bill, but really doing it in a way that helps you to come back better, stronger, and more fulfilled. And so one of the things that I learned from her a while back was really taking a look at your finances. If you're a workaholic, typically most of the time, you have socked away a lot of money. And so what I want you to do is you're going to pull all of that out. And I mean everything on the table, including the change jar on your bedroom shelf. I want you to look at all your savings account, all your investment accounts. I wanted you to look at what it would be like if you pulled money out of those. If you used a home equity line of credit. What kind of income resources do you have available to you? And I want you to put that all on the table and to see, okay, how much do I possibly have that I could use as resources for myself during this pause? The next thing I want you to do is sit down and do a budget if you don't already do this on a monthly basis. I want you to know exactly how much comes in and exactly how much goes out every single month. And then what I want you to do is really evaluate your life and saying, you know, are we living pretty luxurious here in Southern Indiana? We'd say, are you living high on the hog (laughs) or are you back more by the tail? Because what you need to know is where can you trim back maybe if you're living high on the hog? And if you're living on the tail, where could you open up your life a little bit more as you're thinking about the pause? Because actually living isn't as expensive as we make it. We add in a bunch of extra things that we think are going to make us happy and fulfilled. And guess what? All it does is it just sucks money out of our bank account. And so I really want you to look at your budget and see those places where there's things that aren't essential that you can get rid of and sock that into your sabbatical fund. Maybe there's some places that you need to cut people off because either they're not paying you back, they're being leeches, or it's just money not going to a good cause. Now, of course, there's those things that we absolutely need for our basic needs, and I want you to continue about that. But one exception that I do want to mention specifically with high earners is your home. I have seen so many times that people are workaholics because they have these big, beautiful doctor homes that are like their golden handcuffs. They love these houses, but they are paying huge ass mortgages to keep it going, and it's causing them to be a slave to their work. And so they're overworking to compensate for that. I just want you to take a look at that. I'm not telling you to sell your house today. I'm not saying that anything is big, bad, and horrible. I'm just saying it's a trend. I see a lot of times with docs is that they hate their life, but they love the home they're living in. And I would suggest, what if you loved your life and maybe downsized just a little bit in that home? Because I bet there's another home that you could love that isn't such 
a huge burden and doesn't feel like slavery for you and your job to keep you trapped there. So those are some things to do to prepare for a pause or a sabbatical or short leave away or whatever you want to call it. I think it's important to know and to give yourself the permission that you can take the pause. But let me also tell you, there's a lot to prepare for before you take your sabbatical. You're going to need to get your head in the right space because otherwise you're going to go on leave and then you're going to be a workaholic in your home, in your garden, in your volunteer activities. So what this time and space really needs to be emphasized on is you getting into your head, digging around in the things that have been really bothering you, getting in touch with your identity of who you are. What are the things that you value? What's most important in your life? And how can you build those things back in? I think it's a really great time to work with a coach. It's also a really great time if you've got trauma in your past to work with a therapist and to work through that, to get really great night's sleep, to soak in your hot tub, to have great experiences that you can fill your life. That doesn't mean that your work equals your worth. Instead, what a sabbatical is showing you is that you are inherently worth so much value. So I mentioned there's a little bit of work to do when you are getting ready for your sabbatical. And so here's my short list on what you need to do as you're thinking about your pause. One, you're going to have to learn to delegate. You are one person. You no longer can carry the weight of the world because it's crushing you. So not only are you going to have to learn to delegate in your work life, also going to need to learn to delegate in your professional life. And so think about those areas for which you can task other people to help you. No, they're not going to do it the same how you do it. No, it may not be up 100% to your standards. Mm -hmm. But at this point, done is better than perfect. I want you to keep reminding yourself that done is better than perfect. Second thing what I want you to do is start scaling back, getting things off of your plate. In the writing world, they call this kill your darlings. Yes, it's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. You're going to have to start saying no to the things that you used to say yes to, but you must scale back. Friend, you're a workaholic. It's consuming your life. It's destroying your relationships, and it's making you feel terribly ill on the inside. So you must scale back. And number three, you have to develop capacity to disconnect from work. Yes, that's turning off your phone. That's not checking charts on the computer. That's not taking calls when you're not on call. That is really learning how to step away from your work and say, tomorrow's another day. What is there is there and will be taken care of tomorrow. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. This is one that I still much struggle with. But I want to put it out there and say that if you can't learn these skills now, you're not going to be able to fully recover from being a workaholic. You're not going to be able to take the sabbatical that you really, really wish that you had. And you're not ever going to have that fulfilling life and not feel like you have golden handcuffs on. So it's so, so important to develop that capacity to disconnect from work. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. 
It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. Come back next time in part four, we're going to talk about reentry and what it's like to go back into the workplace, not being a workaholic. But before we do that, big thanks to my sponsor. If you want to boost efficiency across your practice and make staff scheduling easier, try the deputy app. You can try this smart technology for free by going to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash deputy. That's drpodcastnetwork.com backslash deputy. Remember, friend, you got this. And I got your back. And most importantly, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.